0: Welcome to another edition of Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. My name is Gordon Glenister, and among my many roles, I'm the global head of influencer marketing at the Branded Content Marketing Association, which is a professional membership association representing the branded content and influencer marketing industry but I'm also a keynote speaker and consultant in the sector and soon to be published author on influencer marketing strategy. Now, in this podcast series, you're going to hear from me interview all sorts of people from the world of influencer marketing. But before we start, please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast series just to make sure that you don't miss a future episode. In today's edition, we're going to be discussing what it's like to be a TikTok star in the world of influencer marketing. And I'm going to be talking with the fabulous, fun and lively Sharice Banton. TikTok continues to grow and expand and is now reaching 2 billion plus downloads in April 2020 alone. And it's become one of the most used apps in the App Store. Some users are spending 45 minutes on average per session. Proving how engaging and entertaining it has now become. More and more brands are investing in the platform too. So, without further ado, let's talk to our guest today, who's got four years' experience on TikTok. Cherise Banton is a full time creator now with over 1.7 million followers on the platform. And there she brings her personality to life through comedic content and a miniature series. She's also collaborated with brands such as Adobe, HarperCollins and Warner Brothers. So I started by asking her to tell us a little bit about her journey leading up to her current success. And here's what she had to say.
1: I've been on the platform for a long time now. I actually started four years ago. So really familiar with all the changes that it's kind of gone through um, because I started so early on, but I was always drawn initially to comedy. I just found it really fun and engaging. I just like the spirit around it. So I was like, let me do the same. <laughs> so I've always kind of stuck in that niche and as time has gone on, I guess the content has kind of adapted because initially there was a lot more like take sound and bring it to life through acting as opposed to using my own voice whereas now I'll do a lot more of my own voice and own sketches and that kind of thing. So a lot more creative content. But yeah, other than that, it's been like comedy through and through, really. Apart from here and there, I'll do a bit of dance.
0: <laughs> so what have you found that's worked particularly well? For? I'm presumably with um, with trying to boost engagement, you've found certain things have worked better than others.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah. The biggest one that stood out, it was actually earlier this year, like started this year before lockdown. And I started doing a series as opposed to like, normally when you go to TikTok, it's just one video, love it, you kind of move on. (laughs) So instead, this series was a single story spread out over 11 individual TikToks. And it blew up like crazy, like collectively over those videos. It was 24 million views um, around that region, like really crazy. Um, So I did the same thing again, like the week after. And again, it was really successful. So I think it just shows you what you can do on a platform like TikTok. It doesn't have to be just that one-off video. What do I have to do for that one? You can spread it out and link them together. And when people have a story that they're really, really engaged in and they're like, oh, my God, what's coming next? Like, that's the kind of feedback I was getting on those videos. It's a really good way to engage your audience.
0: And have you found that has uh, helped you promote yourself uh, onto the other platforms as well? In other words, has TikTok helped amplify your 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 brand, your presence? <laughs>
1: Before TikTok, I was on Instagram, but I wasn't like active on Instagram. You know, it was just casual. Um, but since TikTok, that's actually now a thing. <laughs> like I take it more seriously. People have migrated from TikTok to Instagram. You do have to be a bit active and like you have to make your audience aware usually. They're having people along the way that are so like interested and like just want to know more about you that they've just gone across there anyway. So I'm a bit more mindful about the content that I'm doing on those platforms as well. YouTube too. A lot of people ask, "Are you doing YouTube videos?" Because I feel like TikTok and YouTube actually work quite well together. Someone is really, really engaged and interested in your content. They want to see longer form, and especially for my kind of content where it's comedy, like they want to see the longer sketches and that sort of thing. So those two hand in hand have worked um, really well.
0: I guess because of your success, uh, you've been able to attract the interest of brands that clearly want to create partnerships with you. Um, how does that work? What's been your experience working with brands?
1: I've been quite fortunate because the last, just over a year actually, I've been full-time creator and that's because of the opportunities that I've gone through from agencies and brands. So how it tends to work, usually for the most part, I'll have an agency that's working on behalf of a brand, reach out to me and say, we've got this campaign. And that could be a promotion of a product. It could be a promotion of a song, films, anything really. <laughs> if they think that they they've found my content basically and thought she'd be really good for whatever reason to promote this product. And usually for me, it's around like the energy. I don't have any like swear words and that kind of thing. So better for family brands and that type of thing. That's the initial point. They'll reach out to me. Brands can also reach direct, and that has happened for me too, and also independent artists, but typically the agency. And basically, they'll just start with a brief. Like, they'll say, we've got this concept for this video. Can you do this kind of video with this product? So that might be a dance, as an easy example. It could be, we want you to create a sketch around um, the product or the song, <laughs> whatever it may be. And basically we'll just work out, okay, what's the pricing going to be? And then I'll be happy with the brief. I'll give them my interpretation of, okay, I'd like to go with this idea. Does that work for you? We all agree. We're all happy. And we kind of go ahead and create that first concept. And usually after that, the brand or the agency will get the opportunity to review that and say, okay, we really like that first draft, but can you tweak the opening to be a little bit different in this way or can you say this at this point they'll usually get like a couple of tweaks if if they want to sometimes it's just like oh brilliant let's go <laughs> but yeah and then you get it posted
0: I'm guessing presumably though there might be instances where people have asked you to do something and you say well I'd like to work with that brand but I, you know I'm not so happy with what they're asking of because that doesn't resonate with my audience
1: yeah so I've had that happen A few times. Um, I think that's really important for creators to say no when it's not the right opportunity for them or their page. Like some brands have reached out and the product or the message just isn't right for my audience and it's just not going to work. It wouldn't make sense for me because it's coming out the blue. It wouldn't make any sense. Why is Cherie suddenly talking about this product that she'd never use? (laughs) It just wouldn't make sense. And you wouldn't get anything out of that for either myself or the brand. So you have to be able to say no. And also there have been briefs along the way where they've got an idea of how to present their message, which really isn't the best way to do it on TikTok because it would stand out as an ad. Like that has been the pitfall with some of the briefs. And I've had to say, look, I'm happy to work with you, but we would need to tweak it in this way and that way because you telling me to talk about go to da-da-da-da-da.com in the video is going to just stand out like a sore thumb and it's it's not natural to TikTok. Like if you want it to be successful, it has to be a native video to TikTok. So yeah, that's the best way to get success and not have it stick out to my audience like, what what the hell is this? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm guessing as well, you both want the same thing, don't you? You both want a desirable uplift in um, maybe sales, brand awareness, At yeah. uh, the same t- token. You, you, you're going to want to uh, hopefully do something that's going to increase engagement on your platform and increase your audience. It's not just yeah. about uh, remuneration and brand partnerships. No, definitely uh, there not. Are, there are other benefits for you by working with a, with a, with a, with a big brand or an interesting uh, yeah. Uh, campaign.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, there definitely is. It has to work both ways.
0: I'm very keen to specifically talk uh, to you about uh, music and film yeah, uh, Yeah. because that's an area that we're quite keen to talk about uh, when it comes to influencer marketing. Have you got maybe one or two campaigns that you can talk about and and what you did and what sort of results you had from them?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd say like ever since I've started working with brands, the most frequent campaigns I've had are working through um, music. Because obviously, TikTok is so sound driven and is such a big proponent when it comes to what's going to trend on the radio, on Spotify, and all that kind of thing. It's like music central. So, those kind of campaigns are really common. So, in those kind of scenarios, like I've worked with different brands, could be Universal and their kind of music. Obviously, others come through the agencies. I don't always know what the brand is because I'll just be given like the song and that sort of thing. And usually again like before they'll give me a challenge or a brief say can you create this to this song or sometimes a brief is completely open like there was one I did for Sam Fisher don't know if anyone listening is familiar with the song This City but we did one for that and it was an open brief and they were just like okay give us a concept um, that we can approve and then we can just go ahead with it and so we did that and I did a video with my boyfriend where we set up like a romantic evening that was quite like surprise like it was quite cute and it went to like the vibe of the song. Um, and that performed really well. That got over, I think it was between three and five hundred thousand views. Can't remember the exact figure, but it performed really well. So with music ones, it's a lot more open. And then, like you say, on the other hand, I've had other campaigns I've worked through on the film end of things. So the most <laughs> standout one was um, last Christmas, Warner Brothers invited me to go to New York. It was crazy because I'd never been to New York before and it was like Christmas time. So it's beautiful. <laughs> and that was to promote an upcoming film called In the Heights. And they wanted us to go to New York so that we could go to the specific location that the film was set. Because it was a very, very personal film. It had a big story behind it, a lot of emotion. And to be honest, I would not have understood any of that without going through this experience and them taking the time to actually educate us. Like we met the director. We met the people that had acted in the film. It was really, really good. And I started to fully understand what that film was about. And then that helped me to create much better content because I understood the message. I understood the vibe. I fell in love with the film. And because I fell in love, it's so much easier for me to communicate what that film was about in a really positive way. <laughs> so that was really, really good. And we did like several pieces of content around that. That was like Instagram stories, Instagram posts, We did um, TikTok videos as well. So some of the cast. So there's a whole mix of content that came with that. And I think just having that story and understanding really, really helped to create a more successful campaign and much more convincing and enjoyable as well for the audience.
0: So, I mean, I think what's interesting about what you said there is brands that think about educating their creators, almost like brand immersion, can be so much more successful, can't they? And then there's been a real trend, I think, is long-term partnerships, not just one-off campaigns. And that, of course, is where this sort of brand immersion comes out. So it's almost like you become an ambassador for that brand.
1: Yeah, I actually prefer that approach because if you're going to genuinely, if you think about influence marketing as a general, if you're going to genuinely influence someone, you have to genuinely care about what that brand is about. So having one an understanding about what they are about and why their values resonate with your own will make any content far more convincing initially. And then like you say, having a long-term partnership, I think is actually far more effective because your audience can genuinely see that you're still working with that brand time of after time and that has a much greater impression than that sort of one-off oh here i am here's a promo sort of thing and then it's gone it's i think having that deeper relationship is far more effective for the audience
0: what about some um uh, aspiring tiktokers that aren't perhaps haven't got quite the audience that you have no doubt you're speaking to l- loads of people that are uh, haven't got quite the same audience of, uh, that you have. What would some of your tips be for them about how to get more engaging content uh, and and how to how to increase uh, follower base?
1: Yeah, so I definitely say to experiment because I think with TikTok, especially, I keep referring to TikTok because obviously it's my main platform. But especially on there, you can fall into the tendency of just wanting to sort of copy others because it's obviously very trend based. And you don't have to be that. You can, if you are going to do the trends, add your own stamp on it. I would definitely say that, but don't feel so restricted like, oh, do I have to do a dance or oh, do I have to do this kind of content? Cause that's a kind of challenge that's trending. Like you don't, <laughs> you can do your, Completely own thing. And I think TikTok's one of those places that's very open to new content. As long as it comes from a place that is real and true to you, that's probably the biggest differentiator about TikTok and why it was so successful, because it was the first platform in a while, it felt, that allowed people to just completely be themselves stripped back not this polished version me like they want real you so any moments that you have that you value enjoy care about whether that's your product or something personal go with those moments and create content around it and obviously within ideally within a niche but there are people that do very well creating a personality with you know this is my page about me so you show your different interests so it's up to you what route you go but definitely come from a place that's honest
0: uh totally agree with you um just you mentioned niche now niche is a really powerful word when it comes to influencer marketing yeah. because I think there's so many content creators out there all all clamoring for the same uh same sort of uh, audience particularly when it comes to fashion and beauty I mean is is one in area in particular um comedy is has grown hugely but I'm guessing even within comedy there are niches
1: yes I would say so I mean there's different ways, I guess, you can go about it because initially you might not even be an individual. You might be a brand for one. You might be a couple account. Like me and my partner Bruce have just started a joint account. So it might not be you individually. And plus that type of humor can be very different. Like um, I think a really good example of comedy on TikTok is a house that nobody asked for. Their content is really creative. They've kind of got that. I don't know how you describe it, but it's like reality, but obviously their situations are sort of acted out and scripted, but they make it and present it as if it's real. So there's that kind of comedy, whereas on the other hand, there's my kind of content, which is very sketch-based. So mine is from the start, like, you know, it's not real, but it's so exaggerated, like, you know, it's got that kind of humour. So yeah, there's definitely different niches within that. And I think once you've got something that has performed well, that kind of format tends to perform well again afterwards. So if you do have, and this is like in any situation, if you do have a video that performs really well on the platform, definitely re-repeat that format. Not necessarily obviously that same exact concept, but twists on that because that's what's going to resonate with your audience and likely to form better again.
0: Who do you really admire most though when it comes to influencer marketing? What are are some of the content creators that you think are really nailing it
1: there's probably a few but like my first and main probably like idol is someone named Liza Koshy and she was youtuber she came onto tiktok and she doesn't she's not really active there so much anymore she's really um successful now but she's always been someone i've really looked up to i really like her vibe her content like everything and the way she puts out um her messages cuz she does a lot about like encouraging people to vote and that kind of thing but she does it all in a way that fits her personality. And I really admire that about her. So she's always been someone to look up to. There's a guy named Thomas Sanders. I really (laughs) enjoy his content. Um, He's just really creative with the kind of comedy stories that he puts together. So there's a lot of people that I can pull inspiration from. This podcast is supported by the Branded Content Marketing Association, promoting the value of influencer marketing globally.
0: That's it for another edition of Influence. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show and give me your feedback, uh, feedback at influencepodcast.net or you can also follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter where you can also ask me a question about this episode, any of the previous ones or what you'd like to hear about in the future. Thanks also to my producer Neil Whiteside from Freedom One and until next time from me Gordon Glenister. it's bye for now.